Hey, welcome to Exposed Conferences. I'm your host, Christina Danielle. Thank you for tuning into the podcast where we're going to be exposing current trends, challenges, and the futures of conferences. As well, I'll be having candid conversations with industry experts that will elevate your events and help you create partnerships that expand beyond the calendar year. I'm really happy to have you listening today and hope you benefit from today's episode as well as future episodes. On today's episode, I'm talking with Tracy Reuter, founder and CEO of Divine Social. Tracy helps business owners build and grow their brands so they can focus on providing value to their customers and positively impacting the world. Tracy has 25 years of experience in sales and marketing and is blessed with the uncanny ability to take a company's mission, vision, and message and get it in front of the right people at the right time through authentic marketing. Tracy's superpower is her ability to visualize each client's ideal strategy and then map it out for them in a clean, simple way. Tracy is certified in all things related to Instagram and Facebook ads, and she currently manages nearly $4 million in ad spend. And she was recently a contributing author for bestseller, The Ultimate Guide to Facebook Advertising, 3rd edition. She also has spent two years as co-host of the Social Media Marketing Happy Hour podcast, where she is a valuable resource for listeners seeking help with social media traffic and advertising strategies. On this episode, Tracy will be sharing her knowledge and expertise of sales and marketing as it relates to conferences so that organizers can better understand their customers and their client sales cycles to optimize and monetize their shows while building client relationships. Hi, Tracy. Thank you so much for taking the time to sit down with us today. Oh, so happy to be here, Christina. Thank you again for having me. Yeah, absolutely. I am so glad that I'm able to talk with you. I just came off a conference just this last month. It was our largest event of the year. And as I'm starting to decompress, I've been thinking about the overall event itself. And in looking at some of the items that came up, this was one of the biggest topics that I wanted to really cover because I think it brings up so many important issues for conference organizers. I think for a conference organizer, we tend to think about our own timelines and our own deadlines of how we're running our events. But one thing that I think that gets overlooked or can really be impactful is our own customers' deadlines. You know, they're running on their own schedules, they're running on their own timeframes as far as like when they can spend money, when they have the budgets to make decisions. And this can make or break your show based based on your ability to sell to them and their ability to spend. And so just really happy to connect with you and excited to just kind of dive into the topic of you know, how we can really understand our customer sales cycle. Yeah, I'm really happy to, to be talking about this because my own business right now, like this has been a big area that I've been focusing on. I, I'm trying to speak more at trade shows and conferences, attend more trade shows and conferences. So I think that not only can I give some good advice today, but I'm probably an ideal client for some of your listeners that is dealing with budgets and timeframes and things like that. What is a sales cycle and what should we know or understand about our customers. Yeah. So this is, this is really interesting, right? No matter what business we're in, if we're selling something, right? So if you're selling, you know, sponsorships, you're trying to get people to exhibit at your trade show, you're, you are in sales, just like somebody who is selling a widget or a service or whatever the case might be. Right. And so we all have our own goals. Like you mentioned, like as a, as a planner, you have your own deadlines and timelines, but really it doesn't matter because it's, it really matters what the customer deadlines are. Cause without them, we don't have a full show or successful show, or we just don't 
don't meet our goals. So it's always, we always have to start. Um, one of my favorite books is The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. It's an oldie, but a goodie. And one of the habits is start with the end in mind. And so there's a couple ways that you could slice that. One is the the end goal that you have, right? It's your it's the goals that you have, your deadlines and timelines for your show. And then the other is what what is the client goal? Like what is what do you hope the outcome is for the people that attend your show, exhibit, sponsor? So when you start with the end in mind and then you start to work backwards, that helps you to start to plan out a strategy. And a sales cycle is essentially it's the time, it's the amount of time from the time somebody really first finds out about what it is that you have to offer. So, you know, they first find out about your show or they identify that they have a need. So the, the, usually one of the early steps in a sales cycle is something we call awareness. And so the sales cycle is the time and the steps to go from awareness to purchase. And in, I'm sure many listeners' cases, having them not just you know become a, a sponsor or an exhibitor or an attendee, but to come year after year after year. And that's really the ultimate goal. And so there is a specific amount of time and it's different for every business. It's probably different for every conference, every trade show. You know, you know, how long does it take? You know, let's just say you were selling golf clubs. <laughs> that would be uh, very, very different because, well, even though golf clubs can be quite expensive, that's that doesn't necessarily take as much time as somebody who's going to invest 10, 20, 30, 50000 dollars or more to be a sponsor or an exhibitor at a show. So the length of time from awareness to actually making that purchase continuing to work with you, that would be the sales cycle. And typically, the higher the cost, the higher the investment, the longer the sales cycle. That is really important. The goal is really to have them come back. So absolutely. So in an event, you don't want them to just come one time. You want them to be a returning customer. About how many touch points would you say between the awareness to the purchase part of it. So that is kind of the, uh, that's the the million dollar question, right? How many touch points? So before I had my agency several years ago, I was the area vice president at AT&T. And so we were selling IN solutions to businesses. And on average, we would say there were about seven, you'd have to have seven touch points before you could get somebody from awareness to, you know, to purchase, right? To go through that process. Now today, that was a general statement. Today in the way we are with digital, with the way just everything, Everything has changed for us here, and you know the shows we're recording this in 2019, right? So things continue to change, but people are bombarded with an average of 400 marketing messages a day, and that doesn't matter what role you're in, right? So you could be, you know, you could be the CEO of a company, or you could be the secretary. You're still getting hit with over 400 marketing messages every single day. So the question becomes, how can I break through all of that to get in front of my ideal? target prospect so that I can shorten the number of touch points that I need to have. I had a friend say the other day that that most businesses have a visibility problem. They're not getting in front of the right people at the right stages with the right messaging. And that's why they're not necessarily seeing the kind of results that they want to get. And it's probably why things are taking so much longer to actually close business. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. And yeah. I, that's incredible, like how many ads people are seeing a day. And actually, this brings up a good point. It's like on your one of the YouTube videos that I watched that you have, you said people are not reading ads, they're reading things that they want to read. Yes. So you really have to find a way to grab that person's attention. And how you do that, I guess that kind of leads into that question. Like, how are, how are you able to cut through 
all those advertisements and do it in a way that's going to get to the right people. Yeah. So this is, this is actually seems to be something that, you know, we're always chasing after, right? How do we do that? How do we, how do we get in front of people at the right time? And so one of the big mistakes that I see people make and, uh, you know, especially when they're using things like social advertising is the only time they're showing up. And this has actually happened. You and I talked about this a tiny bit before we hit record today, but many of the shows, uh, the conferences and things I've looked at going, um, I noticed shortly after I get retargeted, I get hit with a message because I visited their site. And that's the only time that I ever see any messaging from them. And it's it's usually not about me. It's not usually value-driven. It's what we would call a direct response style ad. It's very, very specific. Like there's a deadline, book your show, get your ticket, get your space. Like, it, And not that those don't work because they do work. Don't, don't get me wrong, they work. But if that's the only thing I'm ever going to see about it, then I, I it becomes more white noise. So how do you kind of get that message in a place where people are actually going to pay attention? And, and the way you do that, it's really, really important to be thinking about how can you engage people? How can you provide value to them before you even ever ask them for anything? And a lot of that goes back to really thinking about the customer, thinking about the exhibitor, the sponsor, the attendee, what's in it for them and what kind of information could, you know, if you had the opportunity to sit in front of somebody who has no idea about the show that you're putting together, what would you, what would you talk to them about? Like, what would you help them understand before you pitch them sponsorship? What would they need to know that would really benefit them? And we typically call that engagement content. And this is probably the most underutilized type of advertising that exists on Facebook and Instagram and really, for that matter, any of the social channels. It's People just tend to only want to invest their dollars when it's going to go straight for the jugular, if you will, right? Like buy for me, like sign up, you know, sponsor our show. They forget to add the value that makes people go, oh my gosh, you know what? We have limited budget, but I'm going to see if I can shift something so that we can attend this or we can sponsor this because this, you just spoke to my needs. It's, it's really powerful. Yeah. And I, I agree with you. I think it's not about just making a sale. It's about making a customer and really understanding what kind of goals that they have for their own organization and then tying that to the sponsorship or to the show. Yeah. So, I mean, there's a couple different ways. Like if you go back to the different phases of the sales cycle and, and just one of the most classic ones that if you Google, you know, the sales cycle or the customer journey, the first step is awareness. After awareness comes interest and then consideration. You don't typically go from awareness to purchase, right? So, so you don't go from somebody finding out about your trade show to they instantly, you know, just to sponsor it or you know book a book a space. Usually there is some there's a few steps in between. There's that level of interest that has to be built, consideration. There's usually a pre-purchase stage where they're kind of evaluating does this make sense? And the thing that we always want to be thinking about is when you understand your own ideal customer's journey, you want to be thinking what messaging can I put in front of them to shorten this? How can I get them to go quickly from awareness to purchase instead of taking forever? And sometimes in in very rare cases, like if you look at just general online, let's just say online marketing in general. So whether you are strictly filling your conference or your trade show digitally, not being promoted offline, it's just digital. About 2% of all website traffic purchased the first time. So if you've got 100 people that are coming to your site about your conference, two of them are going to just buy right away. So the question becomes, what is your strategy for the other 98%? 
And this is huge because we spend so much energy, so much time trying to get people to know about what we're doing, but we forget about the 98%. We don't always have a plan to try to pull those people back in. And the plan isn't always bash them over the head with another sales message. Usually it's it's something very different. Yeah. And so how do you determine what that is? So the longer your sales cycle, so understanding the time, right? The time from awareness to purchase, understanding the length of that is really going to help you understand the types of content you need to put in front of them and then how how much you need to put in front of them. So if you know on average that somebody learns about your conference, but it takes them on average two years before they decide to be a sponsor or they decide to exhibit. So that means you have a two-year window where you need to essentially woo, for lack of better terms, right? You need to court or woo that prospect because if you don't stay in front of them, then they might get distracted by another opportunity, another trade show, another conference, their budget might get sent out. And so by understanding that you've got that timeframe, that's when you can kind of start going backwards and think, what kind of content can I put together to stay in front of them? So whether it be, you know, my specialty, of course, is social advertising, but you can do this with email. You can do this with organic content. What types of things, frequently asked questions, success stories. Those are all things that are really, really powerful engagement content to be getting in front of these people to both solidify the fact that they will eventually purchase, they will get involved with your show, or in fact, maybe even speed up the length. So instead of it taking them two years, if you get the right kind of information, so you get success stories of previous sponsors, like the benefit that their company got by being associated with your organization or exhibitors whose businesses took off because they were there. If you can start sharing that information earlier in the process, you might find that your sales cycle actually speeds up. Oh, that's awesome. I like the idea of using testimonials, a way to kind of speed up the process. I know in a lot of our email marketing campaigns and so forth. We do try to schedule them and so forth, but I do think we could do a better job at that. Are there tools and resources that you are aware of or knowledgeable of that would help conference organizer to incorporate some of these touch points as well? Well, so one thing would be just to, to first and foremost, very simply be intentional about it. So I know when the show starts, like, you know, it, there is all hands on deck and everybody is busy and you're just trying to get through the event and make sure everything goes smoothly. But if you can be thinking ahead of time, in fact, you know, this is a, a great opportunity to have an intern or you know have somebody that is it's their job they're designated to go through the event and interview and grab video testimonials you know doing different things just to make sure that by the time that show is over, you have captured all of this content because it's a lot, it's going to be a lot harder to get it after the fact than to get it on the trade show floor, right? Or the conference, the conference expo area, whatever the case might be. So if you can first and foremost have a plan for that during the actual event, that in and of itself is huge. And most people don't think this way. I was at a conference this spring and some of my ideal clients were at this. And what I noticed is that none of them, in this case, it was a food conference and food, selling food digitally, especially newer types. Type foods is really difficult because you can't taste it, you can't touch it, you can't smell it. But they had all of these people walking up to their booth and trying and sampling and reacting, and nobody was capturing it. Like nobody was capturing it. So they lost this tremendous opportunity to, to take that feeling and put it over into their own remarketing campaigns. So the same is true for the conference and the trade show itself. If there's great energy or great networking, you should make sure that you've got somebody that is capturing that. So whether it's, you know, just getting footage in general, which I think happens, right? There's always video cameras and things like that, but being very, very intentional that you're getting that content to be able to share that 
from a value-driven standpoint. So think, I want to provide value to both the people that are here to come back next year, but also people that have never even heard of this event yet. I mean, that's how we grow, right? Is we have repeat buyers and new buyers. So first and foremost, simple have somebody with even an iPhone <laughs> that goes around to exhibitors and sponsors and interviews them. So that's a, that's probably the simplest old school down and dirty way to do it. Yeah. And I love that too, because I like the idea of being able to go, like we do this at uh, one of the conferences I, that I do where they go around and they interview different exhibitors and then we post it for prospective exhibitors and sponsors to see. And I think it's just such, such a great thing to have, not only as an organization to show off your event, but also gives the prospect a sense of, what is going to be happening at the show and who is there and and see live. You know, it's one thing to have a written testimonial, but to have a video of that where they can see the energy and the excitement of the people who are there I think is really great. So I think that's a, an awesome tip. It's very powerful. And and I wouldn't just use it on your website. And that's the other thing too, is when you get some of these great pieces of value-driven content, a lot of times we think, well, it's on our site. That's good enough. Well, we, again, think about the fact that most businesses, uh, you know, conference organizers, trade show organizers as well, have a visibility problem. So taking that, it's great. It's on your website. It's great. You have it, but get it into social and then start amplifying it so that it is proactively getting in front of people that you want to see the message, not just relying on them to find it once they stumble on something about your show. Like if, if it's if you're being more proactive with it and it's very benefit-driven, it's very focused on what's in it for them, that's going to make a huge, huge difference in people's budget planning and decision-making about both where they spend their marketing dollars and their time. Because I mean, let's face it, there's only so much of both in the course of a, of a week and a month and a year, right? Yeah, absolutely. And so you mentioned the steps that you would need to move somebody from a, a prospect to then a customer. What are the steps in moving them in that direction? So there's a, a methodology that we've been using for quite a while with all of our clients. And our clients range from e-commerce clients to digital influencers, uh, New York Times bestsellers, some lar- very large companies. So we work with a variety of clients. And this methodology works across the board. And it will work in both paid traffic, but it also will work in your organic, your emails, all of those different things. And so um, it's it's a pretty simple strategy that we break out into three parts. Number one is we think about audiences. We want to be always building our audiences, building people who know who we are, know that this exists. So that is, I call this the three pillars to successful social advertising, but this could be the three pillars to successful marketing, period. So you need to make sure you're, you're thinking about how do I grow my audience? That's number one. Number two is how do I provide that audience value? Right. So that value could be during the consideration stage. That could be after they have, even after they understand the offer, they understand the details of the, of the show itself. They maybe haven't made the decision yet. Right. So that is maybe the consideration and the pre-purchase stage where they, they know how much it's going to be, but they're not sure it's right for them. So the engagement pillar is all about building the, the reasons why somebody should exhibit with you, why somebody should sponsor or should attend. So that is engagement. It's value driven and you're not necessarily even asking for the sale at this piece. You're just, you're becoming trustworthy to that potential client. Okay. So that's the engagement pillar. That's number two. So audience building is number one. Engage, building up your engagement is number two. And then the final one is what we call conversions or getting people to buy, right? That's the, that's the getting them to sign up. That's the getting them to sponsor. And that tends to be, that tends to be the one pillar that it seems like people focus on and they forget the other two or they, they don't give the other two the same kind of attention. So if you, if you think from an overarching standpoint, those three activities, right? You always want to be building your, 
your audience. You always want to be providing them with some type of value to build the trust factor. And then finally, you want to ask them to purchase. So those are the three things that you you have as an overarching strategy. And then you build out your marketing campaigns underneath each of those. That helps to move people through that sales cycle faster. Depending upon how what the price of your offer is, it's going to really determine the length of the sales cycle. The more expensive the investment, it typically has a longer sales cycle. So that's important to keep in mind because you might need to have five, 10 times more pieces of engagement content than someone who has a very short sales cycle. Oh, interesting. And so would you say that's the biggest mistake or biggest thing that people overlook? It seems to be one of the biggest. Every client we've worked with, typically they don't have a good handle on what their sales cycle is. They don't really know. They're not really thinking about it. And because of that, you know, we had one client that had a very, very high ticket item that they were selling. And they thought that their sales cycle was like three weeks. Like people would see their offer and then they'd buy in three weeks. But what we discovered over time working with this client is it was actually eight months. And so very, very different expectations. If, if you know that it's going to take on average somebody that they see your offer today for the first time, it's going to take them eight months before they actually pull the trigger. That's very, very different. You're going to have a different level of expectation, a sales cycle that gets you know fulfilled in three weeks, right? Two totally different things. So because of that, that particular business did not have the the breadth and the depth of engagement content to keep people engaged with their brand during that eight months. And so that was one of the things that we really worked with them on is what can we be putting in front of these people so that we're not annoying them, we're not interrupting them, but we're actually we're actually showing up in their newsfeed in a way that they're like, oh, wow, thanks. I hadn't thought about that or that was really valuable. And it builds up that level of trust where they they really are at a point where they're like, you know what? I really think I need to do this. I really need to be at this show this year. Can't miss it. You know, so it just changes, it changes that relationship because you are using that time to become the trusted advisor so that it makes it a lot easier for them to actually make the, the investment. You know, you want to be in front of these people and you want to be pushing the messages out to them or communicating with them in whatever way that is, whether it's through phone, whether it's through email, whether it's through digital marketing campaigns. You also don't want to push the limit. But if they have a trusted relationship with you, they're not not going to feel that way. I would bet that for the most part, the majority of the trade shows and conferences out there are not in any way, shape or form in jeopardy of being annoying. (laughs) Like I think if anything, it's probably on the other end. It's probably like you don't show up enough and you only show up when it's time for the show. And that is, that's actually something thing you know, I think again, it goes back to Stephen Covey. I, you know, read that book years ago, and it really stuck with me. But he talks about another thing he talks about in his book is the concept of the emotional bank account, right? And you have to make deposits. Like in in our relationships, if we make a lot of deposits, when we start to make withdrawals, we're in good we, we're in good standing. You'd never go to the bank and ask for ten thousand dollars if you didn't have ten thousand dollars in it. From a marketing standpoint, from an engagement content standpoint, it's the same thing. If you are constantly making deposits in your potential client world in your existing customers' lives, if you're adding value to them throughout the year, very mindfully, when it comes time to ask for the sale, you've made enough deposits that you are not actually annoying. (laughs) You're not overwhelming them because everything you've been putting out and putting in front of them has been for their benefit, not for yours. And that's, I think that's the big difference. Um, you know, you said in the beginning, like, you know, we, we all have our own deadlines and timelines and we, you know, we're judged in our positions and our roles. Like we're judged on those things, right? Performance wise. But if we can always be thinking about the client, how can we, maybe there is something, you know, you put out towards the end of the year. If let's say your conference is in the summer, but you put something out in December that, or maybe it's even in October and the, the article is about how to plan your budget and how to, you know, how to allocate for trade shows in the year 2020. Like, and maybe it's a 
just a great resource that you you put out to your clients that no, it's not directly about your show, but you're the one who gave them that. You're the one that was in front of them with something useful that, again, you're making deposits as that trusted advisor. Oh, I like that. As a conference organizer, we're, we've kind of talked on this on a few episodes. This isn't just about the three or four days that people are coming to the show. It's really a year-round effort where we're trying to communicate to them that pre-show, on-site, post-show, we really want to recognize you as a partner of the event and not just, again, another sale or person at, at the event. Well, and the key in all of this is to really be, again, think about the end. What's the, keeping the end in mind, right? What's the ultimate goal? If I am, an, if I'm going to sponsor your show, if I'm going to be an exhibitor, what what am I going to get out of that? Like, what's the promise to my brand? Okay, and so if you if you think about, you know, if your ultimate goal is to, you know, increase the number of exhibitors or have more sponsors this year, so that's your goal. My goal, like, what's the brand promise to me? Like, what am I going to get by doing that by partnering with you? And then as you start to back out from that, so that's the ultimate goal. Like, how do we get there? Like, what are some of the bridges to go from me being a complete stranger, never hearing about you, to sponsoring, right? Totally. That's a pretty big leap. So when you start to go backwards, you start to think, what are the kinds of, what kind of content do I want to make sure I put in front of them that is congruent with where I'm trying to lead these people? So a lot of times we forget that, you know, when we're, when we're in, when we're marketing and we're in sales, we're actually in leadership. We're trying to lead our prospects to a, to an outcome. (laughs) And so, so when I see people try to do this and they don't understand that whole concept of congruent information, what ends up happening is they come to me and they're like, Tracy, I I put out all sorts of engagement content, but it didn't get us to where we wanted to go. And when I look at it, typically the content is not congruent with where we're trying to lead our prospects. It's just random. Like I saw the other day, I, I had a, a friend, he's just getting started in real estate and and he's trying to you know make a name for himself. And he posted on LinkedIn about these lemon cupcakes and how great it would be to bring into your coworkers. And I'm like, what? does that have to do with where you're leading? You're not, you're not showing any leadership right there. And we do that. And, and like, that's not a knock on him or anything. He's just, he didn't know any better. And I think when we, when we know better, we do better. And so that's going to be the important thing is take the time to stop and think like, okay, if you, if you did use that example of 2020 trade show planning worksheet, look, or how to allocate your budget or how to know when you should, you know, sponsor an event versus just exhibit an event, that is actually extremely congruent. Now, granted that that example of content could be used with your competitors at every other show, but it's still congruent with what you're trying to do. Make sense? Yes, absolutely. When somebody is then part of your customer, like they're now a customer, they've moved from prospect to customer. What is something that we should know in keeping them to come back? This is an area that gets ignored quite a bit, right? It's it's uh, We all know fundamentally that it costs a lot more to get a new client than to keep one. <laughs> but a lot of times I see businesses that put so much more marketing dollars in getting and acquiring new clients than keeping the existing one. So, you know, kind of going back to the whole, you know, the whole concept of the customer journey is just making sure there's a very old book it's called Breakthrough Advertising. And there's some principles in there that are timeless. And one of them is the five levels of awareness. And so the five levels start at unaware, and then it goes up to the most aware. And the most aware is going to be your existing customers, right? These are the people that they've already purchased from you, or they're just waiting to get a deal. Like they haven't, maybe they haven't come to the show yet, but they're looking to see if there's any kind of special offer. And so you want to be thinking about, you know, sometimes we, what's that saying? You know, you don't, don't bite off your nose to spite your face or something like that, right? Like we, we, we sometimes, 
sometimes don't want to give away anything, but you want to be thinking about how important is retention to the success of your future shows. And so maybe you create some kind of um, bonus, you create some kind of a rewards program. Look at, you know, it's really great to look at other industries and some of the most successful breakthroughs happen in industries where they pull information from other industries. We think, well, nobody does that, so I can't do it, but we'll why not? Who said you can't? Who said you can't, you know, give on the spot discounts for people who renew at your, you know, today's the last day of your show. If you renew your booth today, we're going to give you this percent of next year. And now you've started your next 365 day cycle and you already have 50% of your show sold, you know, which is great. So you really want to be thinking that way. And then with, if you're going to do marketing content to those people, you already have a leg up because you know them, you know, you, you know, these people. And if you don't know them, well then, you know, one of the great things to do, and I'm sure a lot of your listeners do this is doing surveys, surveying after the show, what worked, what didn't work, what would you like to see next time? And that, you know, getting a survey from your past buyers and getting that data, that is not only absolute gold to help you improve future shows, but that's incredible gold to help you from a marketing standpoint. Because if you are seeing things over and over again about what worked, then that is content that you want to use to reinforce both for new people as well as your existing people to come back again. Remind them. Remind them this is what was amazing. Make sure you come back next year. I mean, there's so many different things you can do, um, but you definitely want to make sure that with the existing people that you know reward those people. Reward them for coming back multiple years. Whether it's you do something special, you throw in an extra ticket for someone in their company. What I mean, there's so many different things that we can do that we just, sometimes we just forget about it. But, you know, loyalty, there's a reason why loyalty points and airlines and all of those things are so effective is people keep coming back because they get a little bit of a bonus. So definitely be thinking about how you can encourage them that way. You just use that in your marketing too. Yeah, absolutely. And that made me think of something that you had on your website as well, where it was like, there's only one boss and it's the customer. And if they can fire anyone in the companies, it's simply by moving their money elsewhere. So if you're not valuing your customer and your clients, they're going to go somewhere else because somebody else is going to show them value and provide them with that level of service and care. It's so true. I always tell my team and my family, we vote with our dollars, right? Like we, we let people know what matters to us by where we put our dollars. And so if your show, if you've got people that are coming year after year after year, because that means they're voting with their dollars. And sometimes we can get comfortable. It happens to everybody, right? We get comfortable and we don't realize that a competitor came up and we weren't, we weren't treating our long-term exhibitors the way we were treating our new people. Like, you know, we're rolling out the red carpet for the new people and discount or giving them this or giving them that. It's very easy to lose that um, that exhibitor. And we, we're always talking with our clients about understanding your lifetime customer value. If you've got like, let's say you've got a 60% return rate. And then if on average, those 60% return rate, they've been coming to the show for 10 years. Like those people are uber valuable. <laughs> you know, that's, a, that's an extremely valuable client. And, you know, you should make sure that you have something that you're doing to, to show them the love because usually that is one of the biggest reasons why businesses especially when it comes to high ticket investment, right? And a trade show and a conference, those are high ticket investments. And if they're not seeing the love, they'll, and someone else starts to woo them and they'll, they'll take their money elsewhere. And so you want to just be really mindful of that. You sometimes go to trade shows and you've come off, uh, you know, events yourself from the trade show side of it as being an exhibitor or being someone at a trade show, what do you wish a conference organizer knew about your own sales cycle and in your approach to 
coming to an event? Well, that's a good, that's a good question. Um, the one that I, that jumps out of mind, um, the last big trade show that I was at, what I noticed is that most of the exhibitors that were there, they really don't know how to capitalize on the event themselves. And I think one of the benefits, and I had shared with this particular trade show organizer, he said, you know, if you, if you had some kind of value add before the show to help some of these brands capitalize on this, on how they could actually come away with more than a stack of cards, I think that you would, you would be adding some such incredible value to this group because it really kind of, it hurt my heart a little bit. I'm one of those people that when I see a great brand and they don't have good marketing, I it hurts me. Like it hurts me deeply um, because I just, you know, great brands deserve to be to be known. And so uh, that was just one of those things that it was like, gosh, if you if you had some resources where you could help some of these these brands capitalize on this or make the most of these events, I think that would, that would really be huge for them because depending upon what it is, right? If it's direct to consumer or if it's a, a B2B conference, I mean, I mean, a lot of it depends on the platform. This one happened to be a, a direct-to-consumer con- conference. And you could just tell that these they, a lot of them were smaller brands and they invested a lot of money. And I was like, if you could help them have a process to really make this profitable, they're going to not hesitate to come back next year. And that's a win-win for everybody in my in my book. I completely get that for some of the shows I work on. You know, it, you know over $5,000 to have a booth at this show and then they're sending people there and the expense to come to the show, it ends up being you know, a ten to $12,000 show for a 10 by 10 space. And for somebody who's starting out or especially for first timers, my heart goes out to them a lot of times. And so we do a lot of things at my organization to webinars and first timer kind of introductory programs into the show. But I agree. I think if there's a way that conference organizer can help not only new customers, but returning customers better maximize their experience, whether it is through some sort of additional training, um, because it is such a huge expense for you all to come out and come to the event. You want to make sure that not only are you having your having your goals met and then being able to look at the show next year and going, I really want to be at that show. Yes. I mean, that's just it, right? It's it's the it's the investment to, for the booth, right? It's the investment for all the marketing materials to be there. It's your staffing that you have to have, not to mention being out of the office. And, you know, there, there's so many costs associated, I think, as a, as a conference and trade show organizer, you want to do everything in your power to make sure that that person leaves saying, this was amazing. We're coming back. Like there's not a chance, uh, there's not a chance we wouldn't do this show again next year. Um, and so sometimes, sometimes you can just, you know, you can tell the difference. Some are like, oh, well, that one we're not going to do again, you know? And that's unfortunate. You, you can't avoid that, right? That's going to happen. But if you can somehow find a way, whether it's, you know, you've got, you know, volunteers or, or you've got um, exhibitor concierge. So, you know, you've got people that are going around and are, are actually trained. You know, it'd be, I can just see it where you'd have like a bunch of uh, marketing interns that are really, really good at this kind of thing. And they'd be assigned to your exhibitors to go and check in with them. How's it going? Can we help you? Is there, you know, do you have any questions? Like, because typically the organizer, the event organizer is slam. Like you said earlier, it is a 365 day thing. It's more than just getting the sale. It's, it's the sale. It's the experience. I mean, we deal with that all the time, right? We get on a new client and the sale, just because someone exchanges money with you doesn't mean the sale is over. And this was something that I used to teach my team all the time back when I was at AT&T is the sale is actually not over until a repeat purchase happens. Because again, we vote with our dollars. And just because someone signed the contract and gave you their money, they still have a, an opportunity for buyer's remorse. And everything about that show experience, that that trade show experience, that's huge for them to to repurchase. So. You got to remember that. 
Oh my gosh, this has been amazing. I know we've covered a lot. There's been a lot of great information. I'm still trying to wrap my head around all, <laughs> all the great advice you've provided today. But is there anything else you'd like to touch upon before we close out the session today? I would definitely encourage you as, you know, as an organizer of, you know, a, co- a conference or a trade show, I would start looking at making sure that you have a budget, you have an advertising budget that you're using it purposefully, right? You're, you're, you've got a plan to be, you know, getting in front of these people on a regular basis. I think that is, I think that's really, really important. I think the the big thing that is just popping in, in my head that we already talked about, but is really utilizing your show, utilizing your conference and getting as much content, like making sure that content creation during the event itself is such a high priority because that's going to help you throughout the year. That's one of the biggest challenges with every type of client we work with is the ability to have assets, blogs, videos, images, anything, right? It's like that's that always seems to be like the big sticking point for people. So if you can utilize the show itself, if you think you need a hundred pictures, get a thousand. You know, like just get 10 times more than you think you need because you'll be so much happier two months later when you're sitting at your desk going, what the heck? What the heck should I be sharing right now, you'll have you'll have a leg up if you think about it that way. So, you know, whether it's get an intern, if you've got somebody on your staff, depending upon your organization, just get somebody whose sole job is to just be curating and collecting as much content as you possibly can during the event itself so that you can use that throughout the year to market. Awesome. That's such great advice. Tracy, thank you so much for your time today. Really appreciate all the great information. Thanks, Christina. And I've got a special page. Uh, I've got a page that has a worksheet and a mini class. It's a free class um, of our three pillars to successful social advertising. And there's also, I also have a masterclass and some other things. So you can get, you know, follow me on social and all those places. But if you go to my, my website, divinesocial.com forward slash exposed conferences. So it's just for, just for your listeners. Awesome. Well, I appreciate all the great advice on today's show. Thanks so much for joining us. For more information on today's episode and for further information about today's be sure to check out the website as well. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast to get notifications about future episodes. Thank you for listening to Exposed. Tune in every Tuesday to hear a new episode and join in on the conversation at ExposedConferencesPodcast.BuzzRoute.com.